This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey, Kellen. Um, how are you on this rainy Monday? Oh, I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you, Bentley? I'm doing great. Uh, it was an uneventful weekend. But That's not true. It's what happened. You had a big birthday party. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. So Alice, uh, that's it was it was very eventful. There you go. Alice, our youngest, turned five this past week, and we celebrated. It wasn't the day of her birthday, but we celebrated her birthday this weekend at the park outside with some friends, um, and it was a pirate-themed birthday. Did you dress up like a pirate? I did not, but Alice did, and the party favors, Leslie found these little treasure boxes. Oh, that's so cute. And inside the treasure box was rubies and all types of pirate things. Oh, so sweet. It was good. Alice, uh, I think, really enjoyed it. My favorite part of the day was when we all sang happy birthday to Alice and just watching Alice's face as everyone was kind of directing their gaze right at her. What did it look like? I, it was uh, kind of like one of those half smiles, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah, she's got a good half smile. She's, kind of she's holding, like, I'm holding, holding back a little bit, but right. I'm really pleased. But just taking it all in. Yeah. Um, there's something, too, as a father, when you see uh, people just kind of delight in your children that, that brings you a lot of joy. So that was, a good, that was a good highlight from the weekend. So very eventful. Yeah, very, very eventful. <laughs> We're recording a little bit early this week because... Bentley is taking a little trip later in the week down to Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Not his hometown, but, you know, the one that he lived in for a long time. So why are you going there, Bentley, and what you doing? Well, um, some of you all may know this. uh, St. Mary's on the Highlands, the church there where I served, uh, just finished a a very a pretty significant uh, building project, and so the rector has invited some of us to come back and and take a look um, at what's been done to check in, say hello, um, and just kind of see the good work that's happening there. So yeah, it'll be really wonderful to be back in Birmingham. Um, I'm hoping I can pick up some barbecue while I'm there as well. Uh, that's something I miss uh, for sure. Uh, that was around in Birmingham. How often did you eat barbecue when you were working at St. Mary's? It was probably sinful. So, Kellen, if you're, um, if anyone's listening from Birmingham, I invite you to do this. When you're driving on the highway um, in Birmingham and looking down at the city early in the morning, you can literally see smoke rising from kind of these different little pockets, and they're all barbecue restaurants. I mean, those people in Alabama know barbecue. I believe it. Um, and you didn't answer my question. How often? Yeah. I mean, like at least once a week, you're getting lunch at a barbecue place. I think that's right. So, besides the barbecue, um, what were the sort of most formative things about St. Mary's for you and your priesthood? I think there were, Kellen, thank you for asking me that question. There were probably two things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is that. Uh, St. Mary's had and certainly still has uh, a strong uh, commitment 
uh, to a steady commitment to weekly Bible studies. Uh, and so that's something that I saw taking place week to week in the parish. And there was kind of a biblical literacy that mm-hmm. was really uh, wonderful. And to be a priest in that context uh, and, to, and to kind of uh, be formed in that space was, I think, enormously helpful for me. Uh, the other thing that was pretty formative, something that I look back um, look back on and, and give thanks for was just our regular pattern of morning prayer at St. Mary's as well, uh, which is something we do here at Incarnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and some of those patterns, I think, were developed and instilled when I was at St. Mary's. You should tell the story of like how morning prayer got started here. I'm not sure like all of our listeners might know about that. Sure. Uh, a couple of members from the pastoral care committee uh, came to me early on and wanted to figure out ways that they could pray more deeply for the people on our prayer list. And uh, a fruit of that conversation was morning prayer. And so a group of folks uh, from that committee uh, started uh, attending morning prayer regularly in the chapel. I think that's one of the first stories you told me when I was in the interview process for this job. Um, and it caught my heart then it still catches my heart right that there are people who um are so committed to not only the care of parishioners who are in need of prayer but you know deeply desire (laughs) drawing closer to god um and it's one of you know it's not always an easy practice the daily office but it is certainly i think a um, rewarding and um rooting practice over time yeah, and I think uh, it's a powerful witness to the community, uh, to to the parish and beyond that uh, the Church of the Incarnation is a house of prayer and that Monday through Friday and on Sunday, or maybe Sunday through Friday is a better way of saying it, there are bodies uh, in the church offering... Typically, not during the pandemic. Right, typically uh, offering worship and praise to God. So Yeah, so if you want to join us for morning prayer, you can find us on Facebook um, at 8.30 on Facebook Live. This really wasn't an advertisement about that. Um, But you should be warned that for some reason recently, (laughs) Bentley and I have been getting like major giggles during morning prayer, which is not really like... It's happened a few times um, in other like recorded worship services. It doesn't really ever happen like in live services where there are other bodies there. There's something about the camera and like people watching that I just feel like makes us really giggly. Agreed. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a little bit of extra pressure. Yeah, like you feel like you really have to keep it together or something and then you can't. Anyway, this this happened this morning. Oh, it was not good. We almost (laughs) lost it for really no reason. I mean, I think I like smiled at one point or like giggled to myself about something in the scripture lesson, but that like just sent Bentley off. And then it's really hard to like continue 
uh, praying together when one person is laughing. Like, it's just almost impossible. Which, I don't know if this qualifies, but <laughs> Kellen, it, it, it just calls to mind that there are a number of distractions that we face in prayer. <laughs> church giggles is one of them. It's a big one right now. It's a big one right now. Yeah. I, my sense about this is that there are, uh, you know, worse things than laughing yeah. in the presence of God. Yeah, of course. I don't really like feel bad about it. It's just kind of this new phenomenon that it's a hard to like locate. Like, why is this happening all of a sudden when there's a camera on us? Yeah, um, the camera does something. But if you do join us for morning prayer, you should be like forewarned that you might find yourself giggling, which could be just a little bit of delight for your morning on top of <laughs> the typical prayer. Um. What are some other distractions, Kellen? <laughs> you really want to talk seriously about distractions in prayer. Yeah, I think it's a good time. So it's not just giggling, uh, but what are some others that pop up during prayer? Oh, I just think like, what's next in the day? That's a big thing for me sometimes during morning prayer is like, oh, this meeting's coming up or I have to call these people and just kind of skipping ahead, not being in the present moment, not hearing the words. That you're praying. Right. Just distracted by something else entirely. Yeah. Kellen, I don't know if this is so much a distraction. It can certainly become a distraction. There are times when I don't feel like praying in morning prayer. Uh, Plenty of times where I don't feel like it. And then sometimes I can get caught in my head about why I don't feel more present in my prayer. And just kind of begin a kind of navel gazing that I don't think is helpful. Yeah, kind of like the self-condescending, like, why am I not better at this? I feel like that's one of the big hindrances to prayer, meditation in general, just like self-loathing. Well, another kind of distraction that I find in prayer is something maybe more physical. So if I'm tired, um, exhausted, uh, my posture isn't right, all of that can kind of be a distraction to my prayer. Um, So what do we do with these distractions, Bentley? How do we work through them well the best bit of advice i've been given is to not to try to kind of actively fight against them uh, because that will just kind of probably make those distractions even more pronounced so pushing them down uh trying to avoid them by sheer willpower right isn't exactly going to work for us like pushing the giggles away actually doesn't work that well it does not so maybe so the so the just, advice the advice that I've been given in this regard is to kind of invite those things into our prayer to incorporate those distractions into our prayer, um, which I think can help. Yeah, I'm wondering how to do that with giggles. The giggles are tough, right? The giggles are tough because they distract they can distract other people, right? And that's one thing that's a bit different than the giggles. But I think um, the giggles <laughs> can. Um, Invite us to think and give thanks for the things that bring us joy in life and offer that to God. Uh, yes. Yes, I bet they could. <laughs> Why are you giggling now? Just because we kept saying the giggles. Yeah, giggles is already a <laughs> funny a, word. Yeah, it's enough to make me do that. All right, Kellen Day, you are preaching on Sunday, so I think it's my job to give a quick review of the gospel reading coming up. So it's from the first chapter of Mark, 
And we learn that Jesus goes with his disciples to Capernaum uh, on the Sabbath, and he enters the synagogue and starts to teach uh, with authority. And they are astounded by uh, the authority that they see in Jesus. And just then we learn of a man with an unclean spirit who enters into the synagogue uh, and cries out, uh, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Uh, and then Jesus rebukes uh, the spirit, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit does come out of the man. And everyone in attendance is amazed, and they keep asking, What is this? A new teaching with authority. And Jesus, they come to learn, has the authority and power to command unclean spirits to come out of people Uh, and those spirits obey him. And word of this Jesus begins to spread through the region of Galilee. All right, Kellen, you're preaching uh, this week. Uh, But one of the things, I don't know if it jumped out to you, that jumps out to me is this kind of idea about people recognizing Jesus's authority. I'm curious if you've got any thoughts about any of that. Yeah, I think you're right, Bentley, that there's a lot going on in this little section about Jesus's authority. Right, the disciples sort of seem to be learning about his authority in this scene in a new way, um, a different way than they've experienced prior. But then, of course, there's like the lovely detail about the demons, the sort of the evil spirits also accepting Jesus's authority, which, um, I'm not exactly sure what to make of in this moment, but if I think about it for a little bit, I think I like it, obviously, right? That Jesus um, has dominion over sort of all the spheres of this world and this life. I also think that like authority is a pretty prickly topic to talk about or just like uncomfortable topic for a lot of us. Americans like I feel like we just push back on authority over us we think that we are the authorities on everything experts on things um and so what does it mean to be under Jesus's authority to have him you know teach us to be taught um instead of always presuming that we're the ones with things to say. We're the we're the one who has the healing power. Of course, we don't. What 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 else are you thinking about authority in this text? Well, I think all of that, Kellen, resonates with me. This idea that we struggle with authority. Um, one of the things that's fun, I think, in this gospel reading is that you know Jesus's authority is uh, apparent to all who encounter him, but. Uh, and he's got the authority of the scribes, but of course, Jesus didn't go to rabbinical school. Uh, so his authority is coming not from kind of some certificate or training that he's gone through, but kind of uh, because he's close to the author of life, he's, he's, his authority is, comes from uh, proximity to God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a helpful reminder um, that in the end, uh, you know, all the credentials in the world don't always matter as much as as an authentic, uh, living human being who can be trusted. And I think the reason why 
we should be ready and willing to be under Jesus's authority and to be led by him is because he does have proximity to God, uh, understands uh, who it is that is the author of life, and, and that should give us reason, I think, uh, to trust him. Here's a prayer we've used once before, but bears repeating. Oh God, I do not know what to ask of you. You alone know my true needs and love me more than I know how to love. I ask neither for cross nor consolation, but only that I may discern and do your will. Teach me to wait in patience with an open heart, knowing that your ways are not our ways, and your thoughts are not our thoughts. Help me to see where I have erected idols of certitude, to defend myself from the demands of your ever-unfolding truth. Truth you have made known to us in the one who is the truth, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for hanging out for this episode of Empty Pews. Uh, We are indebted to your faithful listening. Um, Next week, we kind of have a fun episode planned where we'll do a little bit of building update, but maybe from a more theological perspective. So please, please tune in for that one. Yeah, please join us. Kellen found a, a beautiful, wonderful sermon that can help us think through some of the work that's going on across the street. So uh, do join us for that. And in the meantime, hang out with us during Bible study, formation, um, or our live stream worship. Uh, We love you. We miss you. God's peace.